Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Cowboys podcast. I'm Paul Catalina alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Scandrick. And Orlando, uh, last night was just, uh, it was it was kind of the same old thing that Cowboys fans have seen uh, for the last few years and that here they are in a close game, especially when you look at last year, one and six in close games and lose uh, a close game again. Uh, and you can throw all the factors in there, but the bottom line is it's an L in the, it's an L in the, in, in the column. Yeah, um, it's tough. I think uh, it was a, tough hard-fought game I think they came out kind of flat dug themselves in a hole I got out of that hole but when it came down to the second half the Rams just made more plays than them yeah I don't uh I don't I don't know uh I don't know if like you can put your finger on like one special you know thing that that went on but I, I do think that you know, it, there was a kind of a, a combination of things early on. Really, the defense, especially very early in the game, couldn't get off the field. They couldn't. They couldn't stop them on third downs. They were giving up. You know, big, big long plays. Uh, it kind of looked like that game in the playoffs a couple years ago, where the Rams' offensive line dominated them because they were getting yeah. pushed around. I think so. Yeah, I think the Rams. Um, I think they did pretty much whatever they wanted to do. I told you that Sean McVay was going to come out. He was going to have a 15 to 20 play script where he was going to see what he liked for the night. And I think he did exactly that. They were able to run it, play action. Um, the fact that they were able to run it for 150, 160 yards, if you're going to take away the sacks, the fact that they were able to to run it for that amount of yards, you know, shows that they kind of did whatever they wanted to. They used the run to set up, play action pass, and kind of move it around. Yeah, they they did, and and you know the the Cowboys had their opportunities, Orlando, and we'll we'll go through that here in a second. But we do need to thank our sponsor. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action. From game spreads and totals to team and player coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And Orlando, okay, so um, let's kind of let's kind of start with the bad and then go to the good uh, because there were some good things uh, the bad was uh, again on defense they just they were kind of overmatched uh, a lot of the game and and, and out schemed by Sean McVay uh, and again they have a new coaching staff and blah 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 but a lot of these guys have have been through this before uh, what's the key to, to shifting that around because they're about to play a team that's got another good offense in the Atlanta Falcons next week um, were they overmatched? I think they, they may have been. You know, up front, you know, up front is where you, where the Cowboys are supposed to have their strength. I think Alden Smith looked great. Um, I think DeMarcus looked good. Uh, Everson Griffin, he didn't look bad. He looked like a guy that had just got there and just getting into the scheme. He had a couple 
um, penalties, offside penalties. But he made he made he made some plays. But I think they're gonna have to get it as a mindset that we're gonna have to stop the run. We can't let people run on us so we can unleash these pass rushers. And I think sometimes those pass rushers got caught rushing the passer and they were running the ball. I think the better that they become along, the better that they become throughout the duration of the season at stopping the run, the better that these pass rushers are going to be able to play, be able to impact the game. How did you feel about how they did up the middle with Don Terry Poe, Antoine Woods, uh, Neville Gallimore played a little bit. I mean, they, the, all the Tristan Hill, like that was their rotation in the defensive tackles. How do you feel that they did there? Because it, it seemed to me that that's where, where they were really kind of getting beat most of the time. I feel like the Rams ran it up and down the field. I think Realistically, if Robert Woods doesn't get that block in the back penalty on that third and two, mm-hmm. the Rams probably run the clock out right there and it doesn't even get down to that last series. So I think they're going to have to shore up their run defense soon. I think really, really soon because the Eagles are a team that likes to run the ball. The Redskins are a team. If you watched them yesterday, that showed that they're going to establish their identity and run the ball. Everybody knows about Saquon Barkley. I think the world of him. So that division is going to be a, a team that's kind of hard-nosed. So if they don't find a way to stop teams from running the ball on them. It's going to be a long, long season defensively. Yeah. Um, and then, and then some more bad news. Uh, Leighton Vander Ash broke his collarbone. Uh, he's, he's going to be out for, I mean, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but that's not an injury that just is, you know, a one to two week deal. So he's got a fractured collarbone. Blake Jarwin looks like he's got a torn ACL. Uh, Cameron Irving, who is their swing tackle. And then, you know, was kind of fell down to the, you know, didn't even start last night, even though he's the veteran, uh, he got injured as well. So with Lyle Collins and Sean Lee out, they've got, they've got some death problems at certain positions right in Orlando. And, and that's not, that's not a quick fix either. I mean, you can go sign the guy off the street, but I mean, or, bring somebody up from the practice squad, but they were where they are for a reason most of the time. Yeah. I talked about this early on when we started this thing. Health. Health is going to be a big, big part of season. And staying healthy is going to be a huge part. And here you are facing some adversity at the beginning. And I just, I hate that for Layden, a guy who missed almost all of last year. And then Blake, a guy who I was with and who worked so hard and who was the third tight end who was developed into a player that we all were excited to see about to tear his ACL. I hate that for him. And, you know, you just have to hope that you can hold on for the next few weeks so you can get back LC and you can get Sean back. And, you know, I know Sean is, is older, but I'm still excited every time I, every chance I get to see him play. He's really, really a good player. He's really a cerebral player. And I think he can make that defense better. Well, and he played in all 16 games last year. Uh, so again, it, it, it looked like maybe he had he turned a bit of a corner on that, but you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, that this is, it's a violent game. Guys get hurt. And, you know, we talked about like one of the, you know, one of the deepest discussions we had was, uh, you know, when we talked about how this off season was going to affect a lot of people when it came to injuries and we saw it through training camp. We've seen it all around the league in, in the first game. And, and right now the Cowboys here early in the season where we talked about last week, where, you know, you want to get your, you know, you want to start fast, you know, you want to have that, you know, three and one, four and oh start if you can. Well, here they are staring down the barrel of, you know, uh, uh, of some games w- without some key guys and they're not getting Collins and Lee back for at least another two weeks. So that that's really tough to deal with. Absolutely. But from their perspective, they're going to have to take this thing one week at a time. And, you know, you're only one right now. Um, they made it back late last night. I'm sure they're off today. Tomorrow when they go in, they're going to have to go evaluate the take, take the medicine, you know, build off the good, change the bad, you know, look at yourselves in the eye and figure out a way that when it's 12 p- 12 p- 
p.m. Central and AT&T Stadium. A way to go out there for two to three hours and play better and make more plays than the Atlanta Falcons and go into that locker room one and one. Yeah, well, the good, I will say this, there were some uh, there was a lot of good on offense I saw last night. You know, CD Lamb outside of the you know, the, the play that, that he didn't get the first down that is the controversial play we'll, which we'll get into with Mike McCarthy in a second. But on that play, uh, you know, he you know, he took the blame for it. They all took the blame for it, but really Fuller, the defensive back just made a hell of a play, Orlando. I mean, he went I've watched that thing 5 or 6 times and he found the only route he could to the ball carrier and just went and got him. I mean, it was just a great play. So it uh, wasn't probably the best time to call that play, but, uh, you know, got to give the Rams credit for just making an out, an outstanding play when the one guy who could have made it was the guy who did it. Yeah, he went out and made a play. It was a very instinctive play. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at Coach McCarthy for being aggressive. I'm not mad at Kellen for being aggressive. That set the tone for the season of what they're going to be. They're not going to be a team that's going to play not to lose. They're going to be a team that plays to win. And sometimes when you're playing to win, you know, the other team just makes a play and that's, that's totally fine. But if you look at the, the time in the game, the down the distance, if you go by analysts, analytics, everything says to go for it because even though if they would have kicked the field goal, that still, that field goal wouldn't have been a game winning field goal. And it would have played out differently for the Rams because they wouldn't have been trying to run the clock out at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, I think the biggest problem I have with it is I like they're being aggressive. Uh, I like that. That's, that's the tone they're setting. I just think that given the way the defense was playing, especially against the run, it was, it put your offense in a tougher position to have to come back and maybe score. Like they fortunately the defense stopped them from scoring again, but you may have had to make them score twice as opposed to just once, which is what I didn't like about it. Like it just, I think, I think that if you get that, um, you get a chance to run off some more time off the clock. You also get a chance to have the lead, have all the momentum, and be looking at your defense for one stop to get the ball and score again and have all the momentum and kind of close the game out. So I'm not mad at all about that call. It happens. Um, it, there was some controversial calls in that game. Yeah. Um, I want. What, what are your thoughts on the offensive pass interference at the end of the game? Well, Paul, I want to back up a little bit. Okay. I mean, I think it was. I think the offensive pass interference was. It was. It was a little ticky tacky. I think it was definitely. There was definitely some contact there. There definitely was some extension, and you can see the top of the upper body of Jalen Ramsey jerk. But the Cowboys got away with one before that, and the oh, hit yeah. to the head of Jared Goff. Yeah, they did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that was that was the pick that uh, Trayvon Diggs had, and doesn't happen if you know Jared Goff doesn't get slapped in the head. And no, I think um. Actually, the one that they got away with was the hit to the face of Goff, which makes which forces him to throw the ball behind and Cheeto. Cheeto oh, Cheeto! Yeah, sorry. The pass. Yeah, yeah. He intercepts the pass. Yeah, I think if they they don't miss that call, you know that drive continues on and we don't know what happens. And then we go and look at the offensive pass in the front. Receivers do that all all too often, and I don't even think that's a play that he had to make. I think that was going to be a fifty fifty ball, and you know you're looking at possibly getting a defensive call but you know Michael Gallup's a young receiver and young receivers have the the tendency just to want to push and you know sometimes you have to use what we call a chicken wing you just flip that elbow out just to get a little separation but when you extend the whole arm you know you gotta you extend the whole arm in a prime time game you know how these officials are. Yeah. Well, Orlando, I, I was I, when that happened last night. I was like, I can't wait to talk to you about this from the defensive backs' perspective, because you know most fans are like, oh, that's a BS call. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Oh, it's not. And of course, the Cowboys didn't like it. But you know, and, and like I think Jalen Ramsey sold it a little bit. 
But I don't think I don't think he has sold it at all. I think when okay. you're running full speed, when you're running full speed, a direction and someone pushes you at the little, the smallest nudge. There was no separation until he pushed him. Yeah, none. There yeah. was zero separation until they're both running with contact on each other. Then one guy extends, and then there's separation. I I don't know which more you want. Yeah, um, yeah. There was. I mean, again, there was some controversial calls. But the other thing I think people have to remember is uh, the officials didn't get their preseason either. You know, so like they they've been going to practices and stuff like that, but this is their first live action. And I think the for an officiating crew getting some preseason games in where you can kind of go through and and you know have that reaction time is is good as well. I mean, like they they missed the call on the uh, on the delay of game early in the game. You know, Sean McVay didn't get that timeout called, but I mean that kind of happens a lot. But even still, like those are things that you probably get better at as an officiating crew when you've had you know a few preseason games under your belt to just work through it i think that's a judgment call on the on the um delayed game but you heard even heard the announcer say even if the coach is coming down they're going to err on the side of if it's close they're going to err on the side of giving them the timeout but that that offensive pass interference call was made a lot yesterday if you watch the cincinnati la rams game yeah. I mean, not, sorry cincinnati la chargers game uh, burroughs is going down to, at the end to score the go-ahead touchdown he throws the ball pylon of the end zone to aj green they call offensive pass interference to say he pushed the guy off. And then you go look at the Rams game, the Rams game versus the Cowboys. And, you know, it's the crucial part of the game. I, I just don't understand, you know, why people don't understand how big the impact of something. If Let's go run at full speed. And then you just nudge me in the slightest bit of nudge. And you can see his whole upper body jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think he flopped at all. His, his entire upper body jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it it totally did, and it, and so uh, let's let's talk about some of the good things. You mentioned Alden Smith earlier. This is the first time this dude's played in five years, and he really, really looked good. He looked phenomenal, and just just to see like where he has come mentally. You can when he made plays, he looked like a guy had been there before. He wasn't overly excited. He just looked locked in the whole time, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him all season. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought he looked I thought he looked really good. Uh, I thought I thought Trayvon Diggs, the rookie, played played pretty well. You know, f- uh, for his first start, I know that like it wasn't perfect, but he made some plays as well. And and uh, a big corner who's who who's out there doing some things. I I thought he did well. What did you think about Trayvon Diggs? I think he played. I think he, he he played well. I don't think I think when you're playing the Rams, it's a it's a you don't get much drop back pass, so it's hard to you know you're not going to get much. Isolating one player, but I think he he played well. He played he's played serviceable. Um, I think this week coming up, you know, he's gonna have a much bigger <laughs> test and Julio <laughs> yeah. Jones and Calvary. Calvary and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll we'll learn. Yeah, um, and I, and I thought on offense, the the good was the the running game still there. I really like what they're doing with Zeke in the passing game. Uh, the touchdown he scored was was classic. I mean, that was everything that you love about what Zeke can do. Um, you know, uh, he, 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 uh, you know, debuted the new, uh, you know, touchdown celebration of his, his tattoo, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but all, I mean, I thought all, all that was good on the offensive side. It just, when it comes down to it late in the game, they just didn't execute on offense when they had to, when they needed a play to win the game. You're right. I think, I think that they didn't, but I mean, I don't even think late in the game, they had an opportunity. They had one opportunity. They had an opportunity, which was at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And besides that, they didn't even get close to the end zone. Yeah. Before that. Yeah. So they, they really didn't do much on offense, you know, the entire game. 
Yeah, and, and, at all. and Dak started out really like in the first half, he was 15 of 17, very efficient. You know, they made plays, but they didn't, it did, just didn't look like they were consistent and explosive. Like it was just. I think at some point, you know, it's so early, and I don't want to say this, but you're going to have to decide what are you? Are you a mm-hmm. running team? Are you a passing team? Are you a play action running team? When you look at the Rams, you know what they are. They're a run, play action pass, you know, get to get golf outside of the pocket and do what they do. What, when I ask you, if I ask you, if I say, Paul, what, what are the Cowboys on offense? What would your answer be? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good guy. I, I really know what they are. I know they were trying a lot of things. I think you got all these toys and, you know, you want to play with them all at the same time. And, you know, you, you don't get a chance to see which one's the best or which one works the best or which one works the best for you. And I think at some point they're going to have to figure it out. You have a quarterback who you franchise, who you're trying to win games this year with and see if he's your franchise player. You have a running back who's a top three running back in the NFL. And then you have all these receivers. You drafted one in the first round. You got another guy you paid $20 million a year. You got another guy coming off 1,100 yards and, you know, going into his third year. Like, what are you? Like, what what, what exactly are you? Are you a running team? Are you a play action team? Are you a drop back pass team? Like, what are you? Yeah. I don't, yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great point. Like they, they do have to establish some sort of identity on offense. They, uh, you know, and again, that like there were, there were good pockets of things, but they weren't good the whole game. And that's why, that's why they lost overall. If you had to give it a letter grade, what would you give last night? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in that. It's okay. One game. Yeah. Well, you aren't going to make the playoffs in one game. You aren't going to win the division in one game. So it's, it's one game, but I do think that at some point they're going to have to find an identity and find out what they are. Um, what are you? Are you a run team? Are you a play action team? Are you a balanced team? Are you, do you lean towards the run? Do you lean towards the pass? I think, you know, it's, it's right now it's kind of, you don't know. Yeah. I, I, you've seen a lot of the offense. It looked like a lot of carryover in the offense. It also looked like a lot of um, 11 personnel, which is three receivers, which Mike McCarthy loves, but now it's, you're going to be the same, but you don't have a tight end. So what, like, well, you're, you're forced to be a 11 personnel team, but yeah, not having it's not having a tight end. It's like who, who, when you look down to it, who is Dak Prescott's security bracket? Yeah. Well, it's, it's probably going to wind up being Zeke Elliott. Wouldn't you think at this point, because D- Dalton Schultz and Blake Bell are both blocking guys and Dalton Schultz, uh, you know, uh, Dak was one of four on targets to him last night. Uh, he had two balls right in his hands that he dropped. Uh, I think one of them was a little bit wonky, but you know he had the one catch, and then the rest of them, and one of them would have been for a first down, just went straight through his hands. So he, he's so, a blocker, so, yeah. not a catcher. <laughs> yeah. so, so if you're going to say you're going to Zeke Elliott is going to be a security blanket, and you're going to just be getting a lot of five out, which I say you're going to be getting a lot of five people out in the route, you're going to put a lot of pressure on that offensive line. Yeah. And it's already down right now. It's down one of their, their best guys in Lyle Collins. So uh, Terrence Steele's an undrafted rookie who's out there. And I thought he did. He was, he was all right. But, you know, I mean, obviously that's not who they, they want Lyle Collins out there. Absolutely. But even with their offensive line healthy, to have a lot of five out, to just put those guys all on islands and face some of these premier pass rushers and some of these exotic defensive schemes that they're going to be facing, I, you know, you look at their division i watched the washington football team yesterday and their defensive line is just stacked it's full of first mm-hmm. round picks and you know you've got ryan kerrigan you got chase young you got jonathan allen you got deron Payne, matt ionitis and then 
you go down to Philadelphia and you look at their defensive line, which is their strength and having Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Nick Barnett, Malik, Malik Jackson and Hargrave, the new, their new free agent acquisition that they got from the Steelers. It's, it's going to be tough to just put those guys on the Island and think that you're just going to be, you're, you're essentially saying you're going to either be a running team or a drop back pass team getting five out. Yeah. Well, uh, and again, uh, it's it's all about finding that identity. Uh, Orlando, to let people know, we're going to do this again later in the week. We're going to talk about the Falcons. We'll we'll kind of get into that matchup with uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Todd Gurley's there now. Uh, Matt Ryan threw for a lot of yards. They still lost the game uh, because the Seahawks on offense looked pretty darn good. So uh, we'll get into that uh, later in the week. But uh, here we are assessing the Cowboys. They're 0-1, not where you want to be. Um, and uh, they just... Again, they didn't. They didn't really. You mentioned their identity on offense. They didn't really have the identity on defense either. You know, like what? What are they? What are they on defense? You know, that like they're multiple looks and did a lot of things that we haven't seen. But again, they didn't really make a whole lot of key plays. I think they're gonna have to figure out on defense. You know, like you said, what are they? Um, they've kind of got Anthony Brown bouncing all over the place, playing inside outside. Reminded me a little bit of when I was there myself. I think it's is he ready for that role? Is he like ready to be productive? on both or is there something that he can just kind of perfect um it's like and what do you do when Jordan Lewis comes back and between Cheeto and Anthony Brown and Diggs and it's just like how, how do you find a ways to manufacture turnovers manufacture um, impact plays and big plays yeah and uh we got our first looks at Darian Thompson last night and you know like I, I you know I didn't see him get beat a lot or anything like that but you know they, they do you know they don't have a lot of depth in the secondary they don't have a lot of you know and so when they you know when they they tried out a guy like Darian Thompson who they didn't think was going to start like that's that's going to be an adjustment as well I think I think they have they have more questions than answers after after week one yeah I think but they've, they've had a chance this is this is the first that we've seen them in action but they've seen they've practiced they've had good practices they have bad practices and I think now going into week two you're really going to see coaching because you got a chance to have film on the Falcons offensively and defensively and they have film on themselves so you're going to get to see what adjustments they make and we'll, have a, we'll see a better indication of the Dallas Cowboys week two than we did week one all right, uh, all right, Orlando. I know that uh, usually we're about five minutes longer, but uh, since we're doing two this week, we can uh, we can split up the time. Uh, Orlando, please uh, stay safe out there. I know that the wildfires are uh, are going nuts there in California. I hope uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Uh, I was thinking about you uh, last night when they were showing the uh, you know the, the the shots of the of the sky and the, how hazy it is. So so please stay safe uh, and do all that. And uh, I will talk to you later this week when we break down the Falcons. This is the Believe in the Cal- Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.